Hi, I'm John Shibley for EMC Arts. Here on the Arts Forward podcast, we explore the challenges facing the arts sector right now to do things differently, to do things they've never done before. In each episode, we look at stories of experimentation and success from innovative arts organizations around the country. Today, we're exploring how one arts organization is working to engage a newer and more culturally diverse audience. I'm pleased to welcome Raymond Bobkin, Executive Artistic Director of the Cleveland Public Theater, and Blanca Salva, a member of the Teatro Publico de Cleveland Ensemble. Hello, Raymond and Blanca. Hello, John. Great to talk to you. So, Raymond, uh, to start off, can you give us some background about the Cleveland Public Theater? Can you tell us how long it's been around? What's the mission? And I'm especially interested in what it means that it's a public theater. Yeah. Well, um, we were founded 30 years ago by a visionary gentleman named James Levin. And he founded the theater um, with a core mission to raise consciousness and nurture compassion using groundbreaking performance and also life-changing education programs around performance. We really believe that theater needs to be at the center of cultural and civic life, not as something that you just kind of go do for fun or that's on the side, but that's really at the crux of community and dialogue. And over the last many years, we've been creating a lot of performances, first with professional artists, and then we started working more and more creating original performances with children who live in public housing, with adults in transition, um, like uh, formerly homeless men in treatment for drug and alcohol addiction. And that those programs run um, concurrently with our professional theater programs, and, and they're actually run by the same people. Wow. Um, so really, we see um, art has this incredible power in our lives, and we believe all people are inherently artistic. That's our job to bring it out and to bring it into the community. Terrific. Blaka, I want to turn to you for a second. Before this project, what did you know about the Cleveland Public Theater, and what was your impression of the Cleveland Public Theater? Well, uh, I've been very fortunate that I work uh, in 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 the area, so I, I knew a lot about Cleveland Public Theater, the good works they've done with their STEP program, transitional housing program, uh, theater, um, but I didn't realize uh, their their outreach as much as I have um, come to learn about it in just the recent couple of months that I've been working with them in the Teatro Público. So you sound like you were very well informed. Can you talk at all about how people in your community who may not have been as well informed, what their impression of the theater was? Well, the majority of folks in the area, the Gordon Square Arts District area, we have a good array of of individuals from various backgrounds. But one of the things that were lacking was the outreach to the Latino community to become more involved in the theater world and feel comfortable enough to come to a theater like Cleveland Public Theater. Raymond, how did the, can you talk about how this all started? Uh, what were you responding to a specific challenge or did you see an opportunity? How did this how did this happen? Uh, when I came into the leadership uh, position at CPT, one of the things that I just kept running up against was not having the actors that I wanted at the table. I wasn't able to do shows because let's say it called for an Arab actor or a Latino actor. And I looked at my community, an incredibly diverse community, um, artistically rich, 
yet there was some divide between um, a lot of the ethnic communities and the arts world. So you had these two really powerful things huh. happening. We had this great diversity and these great arts, but they weren't connecting. And I began to think about what can we do as a theater to bridge that gap? So we started this process of thinking about how can we engage these people. And the more we thought about it, the more we thought, wow, we really have failed, actually, as a theater and as a community to really open our arms to other people who have different viewpoints than we do and give them the tools to share their perspectives with us. So I understand that one of the first things that you did was actually not invite them into the theater, but actually go out into the community, into community organizations. Is that right? Yeah. So originally we connected with people like Blanca and we said, um, would you come and help us think this through? And one of the things that we thought about was we need to be doing workshops out in the community, kind of free workshops just to get people involved and to see who might be interested in participating in a theater project. And one of those uh, one of the ideas was let's not just do it at CPT, but let's also do it out in the community on site at other organizations. So Blanca, you actually began um, doing some things in these workshops and then decided to become part of uh, an ensemble. Is that right? Correct. What happens is you come to the workshop and um, Raymond and, and Faye would give us some technical kind of theater type of exercises to do. And then uh, each individual will be assigned a project like to come up with a story or act it out or 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 come up with some kind of little scenario. And during those workshops, each individual who wanted to come again, we were invited back to attend all the series of workshops. If you were if you were willing and wanted to be part of it, you were more than welcome to join it. Yeah. So so you ended up becoming uh an actress. I guess so. <laughs> That's what you can call it. But yes, um, I, I discovered that I, I really enjoy being on stage. It was a, a very different experience, and um, it was well-received, and it was really amazing. So, Raymond, can you, can you talk a bit about how you ended up building this play? Basically, the way we generally work is we go through a period in the rehearsal process where we're both um, exploring very technical um, skills of the craft, and then at the same time, we're um, asking people to create stories, to do uh, things where they're going to work in a group to tell a story. We oftentimes do structured improvisations. And then out of all that material, themes start to emerge in this case, um, one of the cast members kept saying, uh, uh, Raymond, you won't really understand the Latino community unless you've been to a funeral. <laughs> and so one day in the rehearsal process, I said, well, we're just going to do funerals today so that I can at least virtually somehow try to experience that. And as we were working on it, all this rich material started coming out. And that's when I started thinking, you know, by using the funeral as a central theme, I can build things off of this. So you just start pulling all this material that other people are creating and weaving it in. And, and at some point, you stop thinking, what is the story that I'm trying to create? And more thinking, how do I tell the story that wants to be told? Now, Blanca, new to the theater world, what was it like for you? sort of witnessing this process as it was unfolding. It was amazing to see how people from totally different backgrounds um, and, and who've had some, had some experience, some had no experience whatsoever, 
uh, come together and really kind of run with this and come together like a family. It really didn't mm-hmm. feel as though we were alone. We felt like an extension of CPT, and we really felt like we were a part of something that is really important, not just for ourselves, but for our community. Tell me a bit about the night that you opened. Mm. What was that like? Wow. It was, (laughs) I think, a a wonderful surprise because we sold out (laughs) our first two uh, shows. The, the first night was completely sold out. So it, it was really amazing. Uh, I was so nervous and um, really emotional for me. It, it, it was, there were so many emotions running that day, but I could tell you that in the end, it was as though that was the missing piece that I needed to feel whole. Let's talk about the audience because, Raymond, I know mm-hmm. part of the goals of this was to get a different audience to come to CPT. Did you do that? What mm-hmm. kind of audience showed up? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think there were two really great, I think two or three great things that happened. One, um, people came to the theater who had never been to the theater. Many of them had been by the theater, had driven by the theater, or even lived mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, but they'd never come out. There's, you know... Um, they didn't really see theater as something that was connected to them or their community. They didn't see that it was going to reflect things that they're thinking about. Great theater somehow addresses core questions in the heart of the audience. And I think they just felt like, well, those aren't going to be my questions. So we saw a lot of people like that. We also saw other people who are just in our general audience who said, this is an important thing CPT is doing. I want to be part of this. I want to learn. I want to be more of a listener in the room. And so it was a it was a really diverse audience and included CPTers, but a lot of new people too. Mm-hmm. And I understand that you um, surrounded the play itself with um, other artistic activities, both before and after. Can you talk about those just briefly? <laughs> yeah. We really wanted to um, make this a full event, so people came before the show, and we had food, we had music, we had visual art on the walls, and then people would kind of party for about an hour and then um, go upstairs. This was also what what we were told by the committee was this would be a great way to make people were there on time Mm -hmm. because the event started at Ah. 6. But -hmm. then by the time the actual show comes around, everyone's already there. And so we were able to start on time at 7 o'clock because these aren't like theater-going people, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And so they're not thinking of it the way I might think of going to the theater. i got to be there 20 minutes early because I don't want to miss curtain or whatever. And then after the show, we had more food and we had a DJ and we kind of turned the stage (laughs) into a dance party. You did two shows. My understanding is you did two shows. And then what happened? We turned away probably. We, we were way beyond capacity. We had standing room. It, it, was, it was pretty crazy. We really got to the point where we couldn't let people in. So um, over 300 people saw it the first weekend. Um, and then we – so we decided we would have to do an encore performance. But I was very nervous about this. I've done extensions and encores and all these things. And they can be really, really hard on the cast because the encore performance is never going to – carry that magic and power that the other performances had. Mm. It, it just never does. And so I was quite concerned. So we met as a group. The group really wanted to do it. In fact, when I said, um, I want you to see if you can do it on these dates, uh, several members of the cast started Facebooking their friends saying, great news, we're doing an encore <laughs> performance before I, you know, before we agreed to anything. <laughs> they were already putting it out there. And I just thought that's a really great sign. And um, and 
and I'm going to try to support that and champion their enthusiasm. Wow. And so we said, well, let's just do this. Blanca, um, as somebody embedded in this community, can you talk about um, what people said about this to you? What was the buzz about the oh, show? It was it was <laughs> it was nonstop. Um, I received calls, emails, Facebook text messages from folks saying, "Thank you. This was so wonderful. Our community has been just so thirsting for this type of." passionate Latino theater. Secondly, um, it was great to see the community came out and supported us, both Latino and non-Latino community. Um, And the buzz is that this is something that they want to see continued and that they knew that CPT was amazing and and, an advocate and a champion of new type of theater. And they really, really hit the mark on this one. They really did. Perfect. So do you think it will continue? Oh, yes. Oh, we're not going to allow it not to continue. That's for sure. The actors um, all had this. And Raymond talked about the last performance. It was we call it una pasión, a passion that we as actors, as the group, said we cannot let Raymond down, who invested his time and his staff to help us to bring this and bring in these folks. We had folks who had never been to a theater of this type ever in their life who came and said, if this is the type of theater we want to come back. So, Raymond, is CPT <laughs> going to continue to provide some kind of support and nourishment for Teatro Público? Absolutely. This is this is beyond our expectations. <laughs> um, we went into this with a lot of hopes, and every one has been fulfilled. Uh, I think the strongest um, thing that really drove this home for me was. Um, the group say, the group having a, a very um, real and um, and thoughtful conversation about um, well um, if CPT doesn't continue to support us how will we continue this what are we going to have to do etc mm-hmm. so this group is really committed and CPT is absolutely committed to to continuing this process and can you can you see this model working with other communities in Cleveland as well. Um, I think this was really an ideal community to start with, and and I can't you know I I can't expect the same thing. What I can expect is that we've learned a lot that is going to really help mm-hmm. us as we continue to pursue other other communities. Particularly, um, we we have a very um, large Palestinian and Arab population that's actually quite close to the Cle- to the Cleveland Public Theater. And uh, we really want to hear their stories. We really want to champion mm. um, them as a community. And uh, we know that they have incredible literature, but they don't. And they also have incredible storytelling. But they do not have a tradition of theater that's so strong. Huh. And, and so we don't know how that's going to play out. And those are some of the questions that we're going to be asking along the way. Is there anything else that you feel it's important um, that we say about this before we finish? I think the thing that might not be thought about is the impact that this show had on the artists that are already at CPT and call CPT home. The artists who saw this show witnessed a kind of authenticity and a desire to speak when one has not been welcomed before. Um, and that hunger in the audience that, that Blanca was talking about that, that I think we forget and we take for granted. And I know for myself, I just feel incredibly lucky. 
Raymond Bobkin is Executive Artistic Director of the Cleveland Public Theater, and Blanca Salva is a member of the Teatro Publico de Cleveland Ensemble. Thank you both very much. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening. This is an Arts Forward podcast. You can check out more on our website that features multimedia profiles of innovative organizations, a blog, and this podcast series, and much more, www.artsforward.org. That's A-R-T-S-F-W-D.org. I'm John Shibley for EMC Arts in New York.